Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I am Dan, Dan Face, Mr. Dan, I have many names. Welcome to another Game Spotlight. Today we have my usual co-host and friend and co-founder, it's Mr. Chris. Hello Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks yourself. Very good, thank you. And we have a special guest speaking with us today who has picked the game for this Game Spotlight. That is uh, Pete. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. How is it? <laughs> what a lovely um, way to, to introduce you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may recognize Pete from a couple of our live streams. He's the man with the laugh so loud, Brian Blessed once told him to settle down a bit. It's yeah. Pete. Looking at the sound recording, I can see when I laughed, just the massive spike in the volume. <laughs> Uh, game Spotlight is just uh, where we talk about a game we particularly like or one that we just find really interesting and we can talk about it in a bit more detail. Pete has picked the topic for this episode, so can you tell us what, what's the game you're going to talk about today, Pete? The first game I would like to talk about is uh, Forbidden Island, which is a cooperative game in which up to four players have to extract items of the elements from an island that is sinking into the water. Oh, I love Forbidden Island. Played it many. I've played it many times. I'm pretty sure you bought me this copy, Dan. If I remember correctly, I, I probably did. It's it's just such a nice cooperative game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like too daunting for newcomers mm. either. But anyway, this is your show, Pete. <laughs> Can you tell us uh, what what do you basically do in the game? On the board is lovely, and that it comes with these uh, little tiles that are probably about maybe an inch by an inch or two inch by two inch. I'm not actually too sure the measurements. Anyway, you lay them out on the board in an almost diamond shape it's kind of, kind of weird oh, yeah i don't quite know the correct way to describe it but effectively each tile uh, will over the course of the game get flipped over so one side shows the tile in its normal color palette whilst the inverted color shows it uh, in a blue palette to symbolize it being flooded and the idea is that you have to secure the four treasures of the elements and escape the island before the island becomes completely submerged. Mm -hmm. You have a flooded deck where every turn after players do their, their actions. three, actions, yeah, yeah, three yeah. actions, effectively you have to turn over cards from the flooded deck and every single island that comes up in that card becomes flooded. Uh, you flip it over to its flooded side. At certain points during the game, however, a player will draw a water rising card. Uh-oh. Never good. There's a little tracker that you have. Every time that increases into a new bracket, you have to draw more flood cards. So you usually start with two, then it's three, four, and five. So it's kind of similar to Pandemic. Yes, yes. Very, very similar to Pandemic. You start off with a, just a few kind of disease cards, hmm. but as the game escalates, things get worse and worse, and that's kind of your time limit, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. Because the catch is, when the water rising comes out, the previously discarded flood cards have to be shuffled and then put back on the top of the flood deck. So you could, for example, have had the Silver Gate, which I have in front of me, uh, flooded earlier in the game, now that that's been reset, that tile is now at risk. Because if that tile is shown blue and its card comes out the deck, that tile is now taken off the board. It's a clever game design. It's just the ones that are they're more likely to get hit repeatedly, the same tiles. So you have like certain danger zones, don't you? As you once put it best, uh, it's a game that tidies itself up. Because once yeah, it packs itself off, away. Yeah, you can just put that <laughs> card back in the box. <laughs> I was going to mention that later. I, lo I love the components of the design of this game just like the tiles the, the artworks are really nice on them and everything like that mm. and every yes. game is different yes because the reason you don't want the tiles to vanish too quickly is that there are two tiles which, from which you can capture the treasure and if both tiles for that treasure sink before you've got said treasure it's game over yeah so, for example if you haven't got the chalice of water yet and the two tiles that give you that 
item are gone, game over. There's some squares that are more important than others, aren't there? Yes. You've got like two of each, and if one of them goes, then you've basically got to do whatever you can to protect the other one. Yes, exactly. uh, Until you've got the treasure. <laughs> this is why I love this game so much, because the simplicity behind it. You are forced to work together. No mm-hmm. one can just go off on their own and hope to win the game. You can't. You have to work together. I mean, I don't know if you can die in the game. I think you can get to a point where you've got no legal moves. Is that yes. right? Yes, I believe so. I think that's another lose uh, condition, is if one player gets to an illegal move, as you said, if the tile they're on submerges they have to go to a nearby tile but obviously if there's too many gaps i think one player the swimmer can actually swim over the gaps between tiles so if you imagine say three in a row if the middle one is gone yeah no player bar the swimmer can get across that so that brings us into a good point. All the all the different characters have got their own different pros and cons, haven't they? Well, no cons actually. They've just got different strengths. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, sorry, it's the diver, not the not the swimmer. My mistake. Also, the other lose condition is once you've got the four treasures, you have to return to the helipads tile that Dan referenced earlier, and then you have to use a card called helicopter lift helicopter yeah. to basically escape from the um, fool's landing tile, which means as well as the eight treasure tiles. You also have to secure Fool's Landing, because if that vanishes, it's game over. You've got all these different conditions that you kind of have to closely monitor. Mm. You have to also figure out your route, make sure everyone can get off the island together. And that's why I love it as well. Plays quite quickly as well. Yeah, I think... uh under an hour and uh, Pete's earlier point was great I tidy the game up as we play because as the <laughs> tiles sink you just pump straight back in the box so by the end of it you've only got a few tiles left and I think one common strategy that I think you introduced me to Dan is to basically try and buffer the flood deck as much as possible and like, you will often try to save as many of the quote-unquote non-important tiles yeah but purely so you have a buffer so that if Fool's Landing comes out first and I've seen that happen quite a few times you know you want to basically keep those ones um, alive live as much as possible and have as many 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 tiles as you can to buffer and protect it the more less important tiles you've got between the the risky ones the better really so yeah that is one strategy you've got adjustable difficulty as well yes like you can start really high up like expert level you start on like water level four so i think you do like four flood cards every turn probably and legendary starts on three it's three okay yes, I've got you've got it in front of you if you haven't you yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's like halfway through three. So after a couple of water risings, you're basically into four. Yeah. And in fact, if the, I think it's another lose condition actually I forgot about, is that if the tracker hits the red skull and crossbones, game over. Yeah, I think if it gets too high. So there's a lot of ways to lose this game. Mm. <laughs> I mean, one thing I will say about it is I've, it's very hard. I mean, I haven't played it as much as you probably picked, but I mm. I don't think, I think I've only ever won on easy difficulty. I think I've only ever played it on novice or normal. And to be fair, I've won yeah. the most times I've played. The only time I lost was, admittedly, I broke the player limit. I think I had like maybe half a dozen friends over, give or take. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that won't work because by the time you have another go, the board is completely different, isn't it? You've got too many turns of each. I think we got too many flood cards too quickly. Yes, they, they perfectly balanced it for four players. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, which I find very, very interesting because there have been a few other games I've played where you kind of break the player limit. Okay. And that seems to work-ish. But yeah, with this one, no, it is balanced for four. Any more and you're going to have a bad time. And would you say some characters are a lot better than others or do you think they're kind of... I think they're nicely balanced in this game. I think there's a few characters in the other Forbidden games which I've admittedly not played as much that I feel are borderline crucial. Whereas in this one, I think most of them just generally work quite nicely together. You've got like the pilot, haven't you? That doesn't, yes. um, that doesn't need to spend cards to fly, I think. You have the messenger 
who can give treasure cards, which admittedly we've not mentioned yet, to any player anywhere on the island for one action. Mm-hmm. You have the navigator, who can move another player up to two adjacent tiles for one action. The engineer, who can shore up tiles, I flip them back over so they're no longer uh, waterlogged. The explorer, who can both move and shore up diagonally. Most people can only move horizontally, vertically, can't they? Yeah, yeah. okay. And you have the diver, who I incorrectly called the swimmer earlier, move through one or more adjacent flooded and or missing tiles for one action, but you have to end your turn on a tile. They can effectively don't have to worry too much about being stranded on one side of the board whilst everyone else is on the other because they can just swim through the gaps. It's quite a versatile bunch of characters as well. It is. And there's, what, six altogether? Yes, six. Yeah, They've all got their own very clear advantages. It's uh, yeah, just a lovely design game. But yes, because I think, um, for example, Forbidden Desert, you have what's called the water bearer. Because in Forbidden Desert, you're basically trying to not dehydrate under the... The people have basically got life bars, haven't they? They've yes, got like, yes um, they have. Yeah. But I think I've known, I think, where some people basically say, if they don't have the water bearer, Forbidden Desert feels borderline impossible. Yeah. Because you can only collect water from certain spaces a finite number of times. Whereas if you have the water bearer, granted they're going to be spending half their pretty much the entire game running to and from the water, but it arguably gives the players a bit more breathing room because they don't have to worry so much about being dehydrated. But you could argue it kind of breaks the balance a little bit. I don't know. It's an interesting series because it's like there's a, a few of these, isn't there? The Forbidden series. Yes, there's Island, Desert, and Sky. They've all got their own kind of unique mechanics each yes, time. Yes. Um, funnily enough, actually, because I played Sky for the very first time a few weeks ago, and I noticed on the starting position is the plane from Forbidden Desert. <laughs> yeah, there is kind of a... Yeah. It's unique because it's like a trilogy almost. Yes, yes. The characters don't have names or anything, but you could also you can almost imagine they're the same group of explorers or treasure hunters that start off on this island that sinks and they uh, take off and then they crash in the desert and they're blimp. Or do they, do they, they build a blimp in the desert. I think that's what you have to do. Isn't I know, it, to I think you have, to, no, you have to rebuild your crash plane. Yeah, for I crash plane. the plane from Forbidden uh, Island. And yeah. then they go to this sky sanctuary place yeah. and then build a rocket to go off into space, just like Tim Curry. Tim Curry in space. <laughs> <laughs> very obscure reference there. If anyone gets that, I'm very impressed. Yeah, if they've gone to space, do you, are we predicting a, another one like Forbidden Space, Forbidden Planet? I don't know. I mean, Forbidden Star, that would be a good name. Oh, really, yeah, Forbidden Star would be fantastic. That would be good. I wonder if GameRight might be working on that. Yeah, I should email and get some royalties for the name. Yeah. <laughs> Forbidden wormhole. Oh, no, actually, no wormhole will be about. Although to be saying that, trying to escape from a wormhole could be quite interesting. Actually, it'd be difficult to imagine. I mean, you could have like um, bits of planets getting sucked into a black hole or something. That's mm. how the tiles disappear. Or maybe um, asteroids. Like you, you need to sort of take resources from asteroids to blast off in, away from the wormhole. And the asteroids kind of get sucked into it. I like the idea of the swimmer just sat on the planet going, I'm not much good here. What do, I do? <laughs> do you have any of these games, Chris? Do you have any of the Forbidden series? I, I, I used to have a copy um, and it got lost in a move previously, but I've played it and I love the game. It's very good. I was uh, having a thought while we were talking about this. It makes me think about you know games like uncharted and oh, yeah. mm. uh, makes me think of lara croft indiana jones kind of indiana the... jones that kind of thing and i'm just thinking you know, treasure hunter style games board games are popular anyway but imagine a unique version being applied to one of those themes you know would work really well you see i was just picturing like trying to navigate an indiana jones style booby trap dungeon to sort of get to whatever you want at the very end of it that could be fantastic mm-hmm. like, there is a, a board game called uh, fortune and glory oh is yeah. there 
I'll, I'll have to find a copy of that guy. I know we're yeah. slightly off topic now, but while we were talking about Treasure Hunter games, it's by the same people that made Last Night on Earth. Oh, that's okay. good. Okay. So it's got that kind of B-movie, yeah. kind of campy action feeling to it. It looks pretty cool. I'll have to see if I can find a digital copy on tabletop. Actually, speaking of tabletop, I've not played Forbidden Island on tabletop, but a friend of mine found a version that had uh, unique map layouts. Okay. Well, instead of the star format. Yeah, so instead of the diamonds with the edges um, filed <laughs> off, it seemed to be like different shapes. I think the game crashed when we tried to load it, so I don't particularly know uh, how well it worked. Mm. I need to have to see if I can find that mod, because I'd be curious to know what it's like playing the game with a different layout of the tiles. I mean, that's the beauty of these tile-based games. You mm. can basically have any layout you mm. want, can't yes, you? You could yes. have the, the island, like a giant L shape, or just a big circle. You could do whatever you want. Your game, isn't it? And this is the great thing, you know. We've previously talked about home rules, and is there any home rules that you've applied to Forbidden Island or Sky or Desert? Not yet, but there is one home room I do want to try out. So, to acquire the treasures, you have to get four of the five element cards from the item deck and then go to the development tile and cash in the four cards to get the item. The problem is, once you've got the treasure, those cards basically just bloat your hand. So when you go to discard your cards, those are the first to go. I've not played it, but Dan has told me there's apparently a home rule where players can actually find an alternative use for those cards. But that's one I wouldn't mind checking out, because I'd be kind of curious to know what sort of impact that change would have on the game. Mm. Would it make it harder? Would it make it easier? Like, could you use, say, I don't know, a Charles of Water card to maybe give a person the ability of the swimmer for one action very interesting home rules and get very mystical that would probably be interesting along with the alternative layout to sort of see what additions fans can have made to these games but going back to your original question chris um outside of playing it with too many people i've not done any form of house ruling on any of these games yet i think the only real criticism i have with this game is that it does run the risk of uh quarterbacking yeah that's a common thing with cooperative games if you have one personality that seems to be a bit more dominant than the others they can sometimes take over that's what quarterbacking means if anyone doesn't know what that means yeah just for the definition someone that basically calls all the shots on other people's goes yeah that's not specific to this game though no no you think it happens in a lot of games specifically if you've got players that may not completely understand the rules it happens i've seen it happen um but doesn't stop you from enjoying the game still though no, no, it's still still a good game, and and if that does happen, that's down to the players rather than the game. I think exactly, it is. It is. It's down to the players. It's been a really good chat. I feel like I I know the other two, even though I haven't played them. Yep, and uh, thank you for being our special guest speaker today, Pete. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me, and let me know if you ever want me back. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> thank you for listening to everyone. This has been Podcast of Lincoln Geek. As per usual, you can check out our Discord, where if you've got any uh, questions or suggestions about the next topics or anything, please let us know. Available by a click of a link on our main website, which of course is diaryoflinkingeek.com, or if you like typing things a little bit quicker, doalg.co.uk. We are also on TikTok and of course all your other favourite video streaming platforms like YouTube so do check us out guys excellently said Chris couldn't have said it better myself thank you very much (laughs) thank you everyone thank you for talking guys and thank you for listening and uh, everyone keep gaming take care stay safe and keep gaming guys bye